3: Money. That's what I
4: always say, you always follow yeah, the money.
3: Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Pauly Howard on vSYN.
0: And we are off. Welcome in. This is Follow the Money on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss along with Pauly Howard live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort And Casino, coming up today, Lou Finicaro, in an hour from right now, professional handicapper, very good on the UFC. He told me that uh, he has a bet on the World Baseball Classic, and nobody has found out about it yet. I can't wait to hear what that is (laughs) at that time. Eddie Olchick on the NHL in two hours, and Tom Habistro, who was awesome on the NBA, later on today on the three-hour program. A little bit of news, Paulie, on the Super Bowl As we have a full week yet to get ready for this game, Andy Reid came out and told people that McCole Hartman was not going to practice yesterday. It's looking shaky for Hartman to play. Juju did not practice, but Reid did say that he's in a good place. And uh, judging uh, by other comments that were made, it looks like Kadarius Toney also
3: could be ready for the Super Bowl. That'd be big for the Chiefs to get two of those guys back. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. That's also... uh... That helps Julian's prop, too. Hardman had a, I think he had a uh, carry, uh, a rushing carry, too, with Julian from DraftKings. He gave that out as well. I would be careful so, with this, though, because
0: mm-hmm. he, he was on total amount of players in the game to have a rushing attempt under nine and a half. You need to keep an eye on the status of Clyde edwards helaire who could be coming back. It's a little shaky, I think, at this point. But if he is going to be back and on the active roster, that would be another player who could get a carry eventually in that game. Yeah, okay. I think the big one there, though, is going to be Ronald Jones and whether or not he'll see some action for the Chiefs. He played really well in the Raider game and was getting big a lot of carries
3: and had a touchdown yeah, as
0: well. Score. So I can't believe it. Sure. Yeah. So now that we are on Friday morning, more props, specifically in this city, are now starting to pop too. But I would always say this. Make sure that you're checking how many of our outs you have, wherever you live, uh, because the, the props are going to be countless. And they have so many categories and so many tabs. It's difficult to keep up on all of them. I understand that. But I'll give you some of the creative ones that popped yesterday. And this is uh, at Circa. Again, they're in four states. And if you're coming out here to watch the game, to watch the Super Bowl, like I think what 500,000 people do every single year, it's one of the big biggest weekends of the year in Las Vegas. Keep that in mind if you're going to be visiting. Their offering will either team... Convert a third or fourth down of twenty-five plus yards. On that, it's uh, the yes is seventeen to one, the no is minus three thousand. Very good, creative. So just, yeah, going out of their way, coming up with ideas.
3: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. With Mahomes, that that's if anyone can do that, it's Mahomes. Who did it in the and la- the Super Bowl against the 49ers, yeah. too. The other thing, you're coming to town here with Circa. Remember, you can you can bet on credit. So you want to you know you want to talk to Will Case or something it's the only book where you can bet on credit and use markers to bet at the sports book yep. too which is in, which is huge for you.
0: This is uh, imagine if this happens in the Super Bowl how big of a story it's going to be and how big of a play it will result in any player to fumble in the end zone for a touchback. The yes <laughs> on that is 25 to 1. They offer a no it's minus 4200. Remember the Browns Chiefs game I think was probably what the last big game that had happened in when Higgins fumbled for the for the Browns? It drives you nuts. And oh, Mike right, Florio. The rule. Yeah, I, I hate the rule. Yeah. And, you know, people conveniently forget about that was a helmet-to-helmet on the Chiefs defender as well. And then they're going to score. It's going to be a tight game at halftime. And then, nope, sorry, Chiefs are going to get the ball to 20. Whoever can't. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then will either kickoff, either team have a kickoff that goes out of bounds. Isn't that frustrating, too? When That's that happens? good. That's another good one. Huh? Right? The yes on that is plus 875. Uh-huh. And then, so, we also broke down, like, score. You like to bet the no in the first five and a half minutes of a lot of these games. Yes. So, we talked about and discussed a score in the first six minutes and told you that it happened in 13 out of 19 Eagles games on the year. Either the Eagles or their opponent to score uh, in the first six minutes. So, that's going to be available at most spots, or first five and a half minutes, first six and a half minutes. Well, to even break it down more than that, Paul, you you can find this by shopping around, Points to be scored in the first minute of the game. And when I looked at every single box score, top of my head here, that happened in at least one Chiefs game this year. It was the Buccaneers game prime time. I think the Buccaneers fumbled right away, like the opening kickoff. Chiefs got the ball and they scored, like in the first minute of the game. So points to be scored in the first minute of the game is 30 to one.
3: The first three minutes of the game is plus 630. No on that is minus $12. I thought I saw five. I could be mistaken. Again, I don't know what day it is. Uh but they all run together here with the crazy schedule and all these. You, you, you did. I thought I yeah. the the first five minutes of the game? No. I thought I saw no score first three minutes. Oh yeah, no, you did. Five okay. Oh five, you saw five, okay. five, no, five, five not twelve hundred. Five dollars. Lay five to win a hundred. Minus five dollars. That's what I thought I saw. Wow. And well, I, uh, yeah. Here, here's the thing too, why you have to shop around.
0: The typical juice on the safety is gonna be minus ten dollars. In that neighborhood. Oh, sure. You know, and by game day, it's going to be less than that or lower than that. There's one book I noticed opened up minus 2,500 on the
3: safety, on the no. <laughs> I mean. I've seen as low as 6 to 1. The, some of these local books just get right out in front of it because they know what's coming. Oh, sure. And it's, I mean, come on. You see, immediately a DraftKings and a Bet Rivers has got 12 to 1 on that. And then the, you haven't even taken a bet on that, I'm sure. And you open at 6 to 1, because right. you know what the public does.
0: So points scored in the first five minutes of the game overall. Yes, plus 172, minus 215 on the no. And then other books were opening props last night. Uh, I know our very own Jonathan Von Tobel, who's the senior yes. NBA betting analyst here. He also is very good on other sports, too. But uh, he was asking the Westgate to put up, will either team convert a fourth down in their own territory? And the Westgate put that up. I think that's a really
3: good idea. You have to like the Eagles from the, well, I guess, both teams. But again, it's a high total. You got two uh, great teams and great offenses and quarterbacks, but the Eagles is plus three thirty, Kansas City plus four fifty. I mean, that if a high scoring game where you figure you you got two aggressive coaches to begin with. Yeah, my first thought is the Chiefs don't go for it enough, but this is the Super Bowl, man. Oh yeah, all bets are off. Yeah, what's fourth and one to Mahomes? What's four? Although they've struggled on third and one, but but especially with the Eagles, how they've perfected this, you know push on, on, on third and one and fourth and one as well. Well, and, and you know that
0: people are going to have what happened against the 49ers in the back of their mind when they see a prop like that, and they're going to say, yeah. well, it happened last week. That's right. So, can he, But, but the, the thing is, the Eagles go for it on such a frequent basis, and Sirianni's not afraid. Maybe he isn't. And, uh, you know, again, if, if he doesn't get it last week, people are going to be screaming, holy hell, mm-hmm. he got it, and people shut up. You know, that's the way it works with the fourth down conversions. It's totally uh, results-based. But I, I think that's a very creative idea. And I could absolutely see the Eagles doing that at some point in the game. So plus 330 might not be
3: worth a, uh, a little bit of a bet, in my opinion. Like them both. Yeah, absolutely. I've come around too. I bet under five and a half sacks. Okay. I can't i can't see it getting there either. Right? Is that because, well, first of all, the two teams led the league in sacks. Right, right. But you're thinking the mobility here, mobility, the, quarterbacks, the quarterbacks, the homes are going to be closer right. to 100%. Kansas City's going shotgun, and, and it's hard to bring Hurts down. Plus, the Eagles have a great offensive line. Yeah. So, I mean, you're asking, oh, that's a lot. Six sacks? So, I, I I played that under, too. Yep. Yep. How about the news that came
0: out of the NFL yesterday? Because imagine if the Bengals made the Super Bowl. Now, this uh, accusation came out about Joe Mixon, who had the, the pass problems at Oklahoma. Right. Where he was in massive trouble. And now, he, you know, the, the people, some someone's accusing him again of uh, pointing a gun and basically saying I should pop you right in the face? If this is true,
3: I mean, how do you come back from this? I, I think he's probably out of the league. Yeah. You should be popped in the face. I should shoot you now and pointing a gun at a woman in downtown Cincinnati. Oh I, I mean, God. that I, I honestly don't know how he could possibly
0: pick himself up if this, again, there, there's a long ways to go in something like this when he's accused of this. But if this does come to fruition, and I, I tell you what it makes me, from a betting standpoint, I know that. That might sound uh, cruel, but that's how you got to look at this
3: kind of stuff. How about Bengals to draft a, a running back right away this yeah, year? Yeah. I mean, actions speak louder than words, but you, you still have this thing tied up in the court system with uh, Kamara. And he's supposed to be looking at six to eight games. That's exactly. He was it. out here in the Pro Bowl and, and beat the hell out of somebody. Yeah, yeah. and that was the whole back and forth on that was how many games
0: would Kamara get last year, and his lawyer pushed and pushed and pushed uh, to avoid a suspension last season. Well, he, that, that suspension is still coming at some point. Uh-huh. So now I think, when is it going to happen? And how many games will it be? Probably still going to be about six games. And also on the Bengals front, uh, people who cover the team are writing that they could see the team trading T. Higgins for a top draft pick because the extension numbers for him could be, quote, outrageous according to the team. All right. and it, they Because think about this. They uh-huh. have the borough contract coming up which is going to be, I mean, what, $50, $60 million a year by the time he signs? And then you figure they're going to give Jamar Chase $20, $25 million a year? And that's, you know, when you are set up and you have a young team and the quarterback is, is still on his rookie contract, that's when you really want to make some hay in this league? Well, if you don't win a Super Bowl and then Higgins has to go bob, like, Higgins is awesome, mm-hmm. but he's considered, like, the secondary wide receiver or 1B, whatever you want to call it, to Jamar Chase, because he's so good. you would like to
3: shore up the offensive line, too, and make sure that's ready to go. Higgins could go to a lot of teams right now and instantly make them better on offense. Yeah. I saw one thing with the Jets, which will be, I'm not just for argument's sake. Give them Rodgers and give them Higgins. Yeah. Now, well, How good is that team if that happens? Yeah. More on that coming up in about five minutes
0: because... Rodgers actually talked about that a little bit yesterday. Uh, the final game of the season is set, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be. You could win up to $10,000 in bonus money instantly by playing their exclusive Bet BetRivers Squares this football season. Place $10 or more in qualifying bets, and you get a square on the house. If the numbers on your square match the final score of the game, you win. Restrictions on qualifying offers, eligible bonus and credit use, full terms and conditions available at betriversquares.com so we will play you the audio from yesterday aaron Rodgers was asked about going to san francisco uh you're going to hear what he had to say about that coming up next and the future rods too on rogers next team we'll do a little blind resume on what would make the most sense coming up on follow the money it's visa and the sports betting network
3: Thanks to everyone who responded on social media. We're coming, and we're coming heavy to Phoenix. I'm ready for Culver's. I'm ready for Whataburger. Cross it off the list. Thanks to uh, everyone sending in uh, what to order and where to go. And we hit the road Tuesday for Radio Row. We'll be in the middle of the action, broadcasting live. Follow the money, Lombardi Line, v Final Countdown, v Prime Time. It's all starting on Monday. Betting splits, props, more props, Vison Dot com. Maybe we break bread with Lombardi. It's a bucket list. Maybe that happens. You are going to get lost
0: in the Culver's menu.
3: Looking forward to it.
0: I've been there a bunch. Yep. We don't have any out here. The closest one is like 90 minutes. Yep. So there, there's one semi-close, but it's not like right in the you know our backyard. We got a Portillo's out there? Yep. Right. Every, yes. every time I, I've been there, I'm like, I take 10 minutes. I'm that dummy at the line because I'm like, I want that. I want like seven things. I'm like, I don't know what to
3: get. <laughs> so the last time, the last time I was there... Was uh, you know, it was, it was. I was distraught. It was the Patriots going for the undefeated season, and they lost to the Giants. But we're out there, and we're driving around, and we're lost, and we get pulled over by the cops. I'm like, oh no, we're not. Gee, what, what a way to start the week. And the cop says, uh, "What are you guys up to?" I was like, "Well, we're we're not from the area. We're here from the Super Bowl. We're lost." He goes, "You know, I pulled you over." We go, "No, no idea. We weren't speeding." He goes, "You're you're in a highly." Uh, uh area highly uh, populated by prostitutes. He's, and that's why he pulled you over? he pulled us over, like we were looking for action. Something. Go, so j- of just because a vehicle was in the area, you're yeah, automatically going to get pulled in the over. Area. He goes, all right, get on your way. We're gonna, we were looking for the hotel. I don't know where we were. He's, wow. Uh, that's it's the only time that's happened, right? What, what was the ratio there yeah. per capita? No kidding. It's like 98% of them? Sure. I mean, <clears throat> that is, yeah. Do you remember where it's at? so we can? Uh, no, I, was, I can't. Too long ago. I'm sure, the areas changed too. Going back yep. to, to 7 seven oh eight, absolutely.
0: So I honestly don't even know what the hell's going on this week. Like the Pro Bowl is out here; they're they turned it into some sort of uh, flag football. Now, I mean, it's worthless. It's it's you know it's, yeah this this whole event. Uh, I don't even know why they have it anymore. But uh, Derek Carr was part of the festivities last night, and evidently he was uh, on fire and uh, doing really really well and part of the skills competition. Well, here he was with uh, Ryan Clark, and boy, oh boy, was he a stand-up comedian all of a sudden.
4: By himself. Listen, Derek, you've thrown touchdown passes in Vegas before.
3: You've been on fire. Have you ever been that hot in Las Vegas? Not that hot. Uh, It's probably why I'm going somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. Nice.
0: Derek Carr also said that he will not extend the February 15th deadline for the $40.4 million injury guarantee clause in his contract. In other words, mm-hmm. the Raiders have to trade Carr before the 15th. Carr has a no-trade clause. Um, and so, again, in other words, he will not be getting traded, instead forcing his release. I don't think that would be best for me, said Derek Carr. Yeah. I can't even believe, like some of these quarterback deals, we say it all the time, whatever made the Raiders think, you know what, we need to give him $40 million a year. 20 is not good. It's a slap in the face. $25 million is not good enough for you, Derek Carr? So, you know, that, that whole number, will a team be comfortable if this is going to be, you know, based on the deadline and the Raiders are going to be moving yeah. him, will another team be comfortable if that number has
3: to be the number that he's going to get? There was a good article on ESPN.com about the quarterback carousel and where all these guys could wind up. And someone throughout Garoppolo could get two for 70. Now think oh, about that. Oh. He, he, at least he's been to a Super Bowl, though. But they're in such a hurry. Well, it's the going rate. Right. You win something first, right? Yeah, going rate going right for, for the best quarterbacks yeah. in football. And a lot of guys think Carr could wind up at least through it out there with the Saints. If that would be a pretty good fit, which they have weapons. So I mean, that's another one, right? And they think Winston's bye-bye, too. But who knows what the Saints are going to do. But that could be a landing spot for Carr as well. Uh, I would much rather
0: but, see Derek Carr go to the Saints than the Jets. I think he would actually be okay with the Saints. I don't see him working well in New York. Right. I, I don't think that's gonna come across no, very well. No. The
3: media will be all over him. Yeah, and they're and he will kill not him. handle it well. Yeah. And the other thing, he's fragile. Uh the first time the guy throws the ball away on fourth down, there'll be a mutiny and a riot. The other thing is you know, whoever came up with this, no one's given up that pick anyways. Not getting a first-round pick for Carr. Oh, it's silly. I mean, that... What are we doing here, yeah, folks? right.
0: He's going on his 10th uh, year in the league. He's never right. won a playoff game, and he makes that much money. You're not going to
3: well, give up a first-round pick. It's going to be so good. Starting starting now, through when free agency picks up and then through the draft, it's going to be nuts. Yeah. Because I'm sure the Bears trade the pick at number one. And then, you know, what does Indy do? What does Houston do? What do, what do these teams do that need a quarterback? What do they do in the draft? Do you assign somebody? going to be wild. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers
0: playing the uh, Pro-Am at Pebble Beach this week. He was on the links yesterday, and he was asked about going to San Francisco.
5: Hi, Aaron. Hi, Colt. Got any news you want to share with us? Not going to San Fran.
6: <laughs> you look great with a Cowboy star on your helmet. Oh,
0: yeah. That was Colt Nost, who's uh, got a great personality. The, so he's not going to go to San Francisco. Was he joking around? He hit it with a smile on his face. Yeah, no NFC, not yeah. gonna happen. Mm-hmm. The the odds are currently off the board at DraftKings, but they did plummet yesterday, based on you know I think that, but also the news that came out. One network is reporting that uh, Woody Johnson, the owner of the Jets, said all in basically, got to do whatever we can for Aaron Rodgers. So that went. I think through... it was
3: the GM. Thought it was the GM that was, was the it. owner. Okay. Was yeah. it the GM? He'll do, he's, he'll, he's made it known he's going to do whatever it do whatever it takes. takes. Yeah, right. Yep. I mean, the the Packers can't be the favorites. They pa- can't be.
0: Packers were minus one ten. The the Jets dropped all the way down to plus one ten. You know, it was Joe Douglas basically yeah. piggybacking what Woody Johnson said earlier.
3: Yes. By saying, yeah, we're going to go all out for this guy. That's according to Pro Football Network. There you go. Well, that it's what but, but the owner and the GM now saying that and making it well known. Make that, that happen. Get this guy. And again, if you look around, you can still find the Jets at forty to
0: one to win the Super Bowl next year. If you think they're going to land a guy like Rodgers, I think that's worth a bet. DraftKings moved uh, the Jets down to twenty-five to one. Again, I think about the AFC next year if he does go there. Total bedlam. Good luck making the playoffs yep. and that division. Yep, absolutely. I don't. I don't. How much would the Packers need in return for him? I don't. Do they get two first-round picks for Rodgers at this point?
3: I think the Jets are that desperate, yes, that they could. They would. Any right. players involved at all? That I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know what, I I think two number ones, you call it good. You have to be ecstatic with that if you're Green Bay. How about this? Uh, I'll throw this at you. I was
0: I was watching one of the afternoon shows here on v with uh, Tim Murray and Sean King yesterday. Sean King said it starts, the conversation starts with Sauce Gardner and two first-round picks. No. He said, "If I'm Green Bay and Sauce Gardner's not involved, I don't even have the conversation. A train him. The guy's got two years left. The, the Jets are not going to trade no. Sauce Gardner. I, I can't imagine a scenario where he would be involved in the talks. So I think that the Packers are going to have to be realistic about that and uh, probably make a deal. and And they're they're punting on Rogers two years too late anyway. I mean, the writing was on the wall the year that they drafted everything, but help. That was the pandemic year. They mm-hmm. traded up for Jordan Love." No receivers. They tr- they were drafting like backup tight ends and uh, just a garbage draft by the Packers. That was the year to trade Aaron Rodgers or the year after when he won the MVP and you lost to the Buccaneers. That you could have gotten probably three first round picks I, I, with other picks or players at the time for him.
3: Oh God, a man, I just imagine that division if he goes there. So uh, you have the Bills, the favorites, the Patriots is bad. It can't get any worse offensively. Now you get O'Brien as the O.C., they still almost made the playoffs with everything that went wrong. Miami was a playoff team, who knows, with Tua. And then the Jets, who could have made the playoffs, they were 7-4 and four at one point with White and Wilson. Now you have Rodgers, and you might get him some new weapons too, and you're going to have Hall, healthy, who yeah. cool. You're right, how the AFC is stacked and loaded. I
0: think you, and I'm, I'm looking again right now at a team on the board that's 30-1, to 1. I don't, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson. If Lamar goes back to Baltimore, you grab up thirty to one right now. I know it's the AFC. How close are they? I mean,
3: they should have, you know, obviously won that game against Cincinnati a couple weeks a tough, ago. Ah, uh, you're exactly right. They were going to be a tough out with Lamar Jackson, but that's going to be hard to figure out about what that looks like. And I would, I would not recommend that because if they tag him, they can't work. Two years now, they haven't been able to work out a deal. Yeah. And this whole business, he doesn't have an agent. I want the Watson guaranteed money deal, and, which isn't going to happen as the Browns screwed that up yep. for everybody. But does he sit out if they tag him in protest and say, yeah. I'm not, I, that's it, force a trade. I, who knows how that works yeah. out? I, I would probably take
0: a little on the Ravens 30-1 to 1 if I knew it was going to work out with Lamar Jackson and he was going to play next year. But it's probably too much of a gamble, like you just said. So I'd be looking at the NFC. Because the NFC is, you know, the Eagles are going to be really good in theory again next year. They have a loaded roster. Uh, who could be next year's Eagles out of the NFC? Well, uh, you can. If you shop again, you can find the Lions at forty yeah. to
3: one. Yeah, and and we haven't had a repeat champ in that division since forth Uh huh. That's another angle. Yeah. In the NFC East, can't go back to back. I would really like a
0: team out of the NFC South if they would get a quarterback, and that would be either the Saints or the or the Panthers. But again, I don't, like. What are the are the Panthers going to be content going with a new quarterback via the draft? And what the
3: hell's going to happen with the Saints in New Orleans? I don't know. Yeah. I know you hate it, but uh, a guy from the Ringer did his mock and had Carolina trading into the one spot. Who'd they take? Uh, it was... Uh, Bryce Young? Yes. Was it Young going number one right. overall? And then Stroud was going two. Two to the Texans. Levis was going four.
0: Okay. Yep. Up next year on Follow the Money, Paulie will run down last night's betting action. Favorites prevailed last night in the NBA, but dogs got there again in college basketball. Details next.
6: You always follow yeah, the money.
3: Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. If you're looking for an edge with the props and the game, Super Bowl Sunday, we have you covered at VSIN. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber. Intro offer only $9.99. You get access to every pick, every host, every guest, the betting splits, the deep dive betting reports. Limited time offer, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Sign up for only nine ninety nine. dollars slash subscribe.
0: Lou Finicaro joins the program now, professional handicapper. Uh, great human being on top of that as well. He's a uh, dynamite on the UFC. We'll get to that in a second, the UFC. Yep. But when I reached out to Lou this week about him coming on uh, at this moment, uh, I said in the World Baseball Classic Lou, who on earth is going to beat the Dominican Republic? Because they their lineup is just insane, right? And he said, whoa, 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 my friend, not so fast. You need to check the brackets first. And based on that, Lou, first of all, great to speak to you again. What caught your eye with the bracket and what nation do you want to bet based on that?
5: Well, first of all, guys, uh, thanks for having me on. Just dig your show. Uh, the baseball classic, it, besides the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs and the College World Series is bracketed. So one must understand the brackets. And when we see the brackets, they kind of divide into hemispheres. And Japan, who won the first two World Baseball Classics and finished third in the next two, is a team that really focuses, takes great pride in baseball. They're always there. They play small ball. They're on one side of the bracket, priced at plus 350 or so. It's hard to find prices on this this early. But when you look at Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, and the U.S., they're all on the other side of the bracket. Arguably, Japan has an extremely efficient trip to get to the final position in Miami where there will be eight teams competing. I think Japan, at priced at plus 325, is absolutely the team that may have the most cohesion. They work on being a team, whereas these other teams are all-star teams. And for all those reasons, I really think you have an efficient route to the finals with Japan at an advantageous price. That in two weeks or three weeks is not going to be there.
0: Okay, very good. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm looking around right now uh, to see the best number that I can find. I don't think most books, or some books might not have that yet, but uh, I'll see what I can find. Also, you like a uh, player prop in the Super Bowl as of right now. Who are you focusing on here?
5: Well, I I really focus on the Philly backfield partially, Mitch, because I was in fantasy football. I held Gainwell this year during fantasy, and I kind of have a feel on the pulse of the Philly backfield. And in the last game, uh, both of the running backs scored touchdowns and Gainwell didn't. That's Scott and the uh, starter. Uh, meanwhile, Gainwell caught a lot of passes out of the backfield. Anytime touchdown in the Super Bowl, Gainwell's plus 380. I really look for Philadelphia to get him his opportunity to get in the end zone after the other two running backs uh, saw Pagerd in the last game.
3: All right, very good. To the UFC now, fight night uh, we'll get to in a second, which is uh, Saturday. How about UFC 284? And you're always on this about, uh, you know, pay attention to the fight, don't take your eye off the prize and possible distractions. In the main event, uh, Mak- Makachev is, is making comments about they're not doing a good job promoting the card in Australia. And But the line continues to go up on the favorite. Would you be concerned about that? it, it Maybe look to take the dog with the, talking about uh, possible distractions and worried about promotion?
5: Well, uh, yes, I, I am, Paul. And, and really, I'm worried about Makachev before all of that comes up. Uh, he, he's a vice grip of a guy. He's going to be the larger man in the octagon. But let's not forget that Volkanovsky played rugby before he was a fighter at 205 pounds. And he's got a sturdy wrestling base. Maybe not to what Makachev has. But his bowling ball physique is going to make it very difficult for the longer, taller Makachev to get down low and try and take him down, in my opinion. I think Volkanovski uh, is ha- is playing with a chip on his shoulder, the fight's in his backyard. Makachev is is arguably correct that it's not getting any kind of press at all. Meanwhile, this goofy slap league thing is, is where yeah. uh, those people seem to be wanting to spend their money. So I get Makachev's point, but I do think he needs to be focused, especially considering he's not going to have Khabib in his corner for this fight.
3: To the main event tomorrow, Lewis and Spivak. Uh, The round prop is 1.5, Spivak in the 230, 240 range. Break down the main event for us, please, and what you want to do here.
5: Uh, the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, has really gained a lot of notoriety because of a vivacious personality mm-hmm. and his ability to hit anything and have it crumble. However, at 37, I believe he's lost a lot of his explosion in cardio. He's a man searching to try and find a way to remain in the top 10 and stay relevant. But honestly, he's singularly dimensioned in with a guy stepping up in class, no doubt, in Spivak. That is the more well-rounded mixed martial artist. Now, if Spivak can manage three minutes of this fight and Lewis's explosion, I think the fight goes to him because he's going to trip the big man, take him down, get on top, and eventually finish him. Uh, If you want to go Spivak inside the distance, that's minus 165. You're not getting a great break. From just the Spivak regular line, which is why I chose to use them in a little parlay.
3: Okay, you really have my attention here because you're a big dog player. So you like the favorite in the main event. You also like the favorite in the co-main. Yes,
5: yeah, so let's not under uh, let's not forget, Paul. This fight card was originally scheduled. Or Seoul, South Korea. Therefore, many of the South Korean, Japanese, Chinese fighters populated on the card were provided matches that might be favorable. Okay. That's exactly the case in this co-main event. And Jung is coming off a loss where he lost his undefeated mark. He's four or five inches taller, has a reach advantage. He's younger, more explosive. And I look for him to really be dominant against Devin Clark in this fight. As far as a dog is concerned, we'll go down on the card. Now, there's a lot of Parks and Jung's on this fight card, and this young man's name is jung Young Park, and he's fighting a Russian named Tuelin. Uh Park's minus 200 or minus 220, but really mm-hmm. Tuilin has been uh, susceptible to be sub- uh, submitted on numerous occasions, and Park has submissions. Uh, park submission plus 300 is a good consideration. If you want to play it safer, park inside the distance plus 165. Mm. That's where I'll hang my hat for the dog positions today, Paul. Okay.
3: Anything, any round props, uh, that jump out at
5: you? Yeah, I think in the first fight of the night, Tayara, a Japanese phenom, very young, is fighting a kid shipping in from Mexico that's plenty tough and has plenty of pride. Uh, The over-under is one and a half. And I think that's my minus 130, minus 140 to the over. I look for the young uh, Mexican fighter, uh, Kevin Aguilar, to make it over that. He's durable, tough, and he knows why they shipped him in. He's going to want to make a good uh, uh, showing for himself.
0: You can follow him on Twitter. He is at Gam Lou. You're the best, Lou. Thanks for the time today. Good luck this weekend and uh, pound the Super Bowl as well.
5: Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Good luck to everybody.
0: Yeah, and Great you can job, get uh, all picks on the website at vcin.com slash picks. So make sure you bookmark that website. I was looking, by the way, as he was
3: talking, I found Japan plus 450. Okay, excellent. Yep, excellent breakdown and point, too, about the, uh, maybe giving someone an easy fighter. Yeah, very a, good. A time of it, too. I um, uh, So if you were thinking of parlaying the big favorites uh, as well, Oh, uh, you could do that. Plus 105 at the, he said would have paid and and uh, again, you have my attention when he's a dog oh. player and does very well and he's looking at the favorites in the main and the co-main.
0: Yep, that's yeah. well said because he generally likes to make a yep. case and he you know when he does the write-ups and he has over the years uh, you know for the website here at com, and he comes on the shows and he talks about his favorite bets, usually he's looking at that plus money. But so when a guy like that says, no, 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 not not this card. card, And here are the reasons why. And he likes the favorites. Your antenna does go up for sure. What is this slap thing? Can you believe that? It, it's, it's a travesty in America. Oh, my God. It's an embarrassment. Yeah. They, I cannot even believe it's allowed. You see that guy's face? I, did you see what? the the guy when it, what is that called? Um, when you all of a sudden go out like that? Oh, with word? the arms. Yeah, yeah, we saw it in a football yeah. game. Uh, I'm uh. blanking on the exact... Um, I, I the, go, the medical I, terminology for that, yeah. but that's that's what one that's what happened to one of the guys who got slapped. He was knocked unconscious immediately.
3: Yeah,
0: and, and hands out. And this is acceptable. Yeah, this is okay. Then they're <laughs> going to put it on TV and any why? Uh, I don't know. That's it, this, but, of, there, but of course they're, they're, it's going to be somewhat popular. Yeah, you know,
3: they're measuring the slap and then you know it's coming and then bam.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh. and yet we're trying to protect athletes. With like concussions, concussion, I know the protocols yeah. and, and every is. other sport, but then this comes on, and your guys are getting knocked in the next week. By all means, you, go, you know, lay it on the guy. Yeah, full slap. Hit me as hard as, as you princes. can. As a four hundred pound man in my temple, oh. I really want to feel this one. Put some stank on it. Huh. Yep. Can you bet on that? By the way.
3: Uh. I imagine someone I'm has sh- it price. I'm sure you can not if, if, if you put the Little League World Series up, I imagine someone has a price. The other, yeah. the, uh, the park fight, again, he gave out submission 3-1 to one inside the dish uh, distance, plus 165. But uh, again, all those picks are up at com slash picks. They'll be up there later, and uh, Lou does an excellent job. More NFL coming up. We will look at the NFL draft order
0: and discuss updated odds. A couple of things that are on the board. First, wide receiver to get selected. And of course, the first overall pick. And these numbers are fluid. They are changing on a weekly basis the way it seems. And how different will the odds look in April compared to how they look today? My guess is it won't even be close. We'll discuss that coming up here on Follow the Money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. iHeart Media does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at CallShe.com.
1: Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a and Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Haya.
6: So you always follow yeah,
3: the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Big game means big plans for VSIN. We'll be in the middle of the action, broadcasting live from Radio Row next week in Phoenix. We'll break down the game, the props, celebrity interviews. We'll be there. Lombardi Line, VSIN Final Countdown, VSIN Prime Time. Live from Radio Row starting on Monday. Betting splits and all the props. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We'll talk some NHL here as uh, the former great player in this sport
0: and current analyst Eddie Olchick joins the program. Now, Eddie, it's been too long. How are you, my
6: friend? Hey, Mitch, Paulie. Always great to be with you guys. I uh, watch you guys every day. Keep up the great work. And uh, I heard you guys talking props for the Super Bowl. So if I if I could, the one that I like yes. in this game is... Uh, yeah, you can you can hedge, you can play both sides and still make a little bit of uh, still put some powder in your in your pocket. But what, what about uh, Eagles win and both teams scoring uh, twenty plus points? I like that. Yeah, yeah. Plus, I mean look at yeah. 30, plus plus two thirty. If the Chiefs win, same prop plus two fifty. So you could play both sides and still put a little bit of powder in your pocket. No, there so, you so, go. Yeah,
0: yeah, based on the total now mm-hmm. touching you know around fifty again points are going to be expected yeah. in that game. Sure. I can yeah. see that happening. Yeah, I think
6: both teams will get 20 plus points. That, that's just my, that's kind of my feeling anyway. That's totally fair. Mm-hmm. Great, yeah. great to be with you guys. Thanks yeah. For great to
0: talk me. to you again. So we were just talking about the NBA deadline. That's next Thursday. The NHL deadline is March 3rd, believe it or not. So is there a, a potential deal that could be out there to put a team over the top or a team that's close really into contention?
6: Well, we had a big trade, you know, what, in the last couple of days, uh, Mitch, with Vancouver mm-hmm. trading Bo Horvat, who's having uh, an incredible season. He's gone east. Uh, he's gone, he can't go any farther, I don't think, from Vancouver to, to Long Island, the going from the Canucks to the Islanders. Like, it's interesting because the Islanders have been kind of treading here for the last couple of months, and... You would assume that they're going to get a bump with Horvat, but the interesting thing is, is that at least, at least we don't know on the surface is that if he he's an unrestricted free agent, we don't know if he has agreed to contract with the Islanders. Is he signed? But look at if the Islanders somehow uh, continue, you know, where they are, or maybe they fall back a little bit. You know, maybe the Islanders end up flipping Horvat, and does he end up going somewhere to really put somebody? Over the top, so that that would be something to keep an eye on. I think he's going to have obviously a, an impact on the Islanders, and I think they're a bubble team. But if they happen to fall, or Sorokin goes down, the goaltender,
2: mm-hmm. you never
6: know what could end up happening. So a guy goes from Vancouver to the Island, and then if that doesn't work out, maybe Lou Lamarillo, the president and general manager, there flips him, and then you know he goes somewhere else. You know maybe you know Boston is a team that was supposedly interested in him. So something to keep an eye on. And look, at, I think the obvious. The obvious guy is is uh, Patrick Kane with the Chicago Blackhawks. He's got a no movement clause, so he dictates the terms. Remember what happened with Claude Giroux last year uh, when he was in Philadelphia. He dictated the terms. It was like he, it sounded like he he thought about going in New York for the Rangers. He ended up not going there and deciding he only wanted to go to one place. He ended up going down to Florida, and you know, and the rest is history. And he ended up signing in Ottawa. So. Patrick Kane, to me, is the guy and and I look at the Rangers. I look at Dallas as maybe you know two of the teams that would certainly be in all in on Patrick Kane, but again, it's his decision and and then ultimately he could go to Chicago and say, "Look, uh, you know, I want to go here, mm-hmm. but they don't have to move him either, so there there's a lot of moving parts, but he would be the one guy that I could think that could uh you can maybe tweak the teeter totter there and, and put somebody over the top.
3: Who's gonna win the Pacific? This is a mess.
6: <laughs> it is. You could, uh, you know, pick every day of the week and go. Yeah, there's your winner. There's your winner. Right. Mm-hmm. Big loss with Vegas with uh, losing Mark Stone. Um, that that's a huge. That's a huge loss. Uh, Edmonton seems to have found their game here. They're getting goaltending. Uh, Polly. Uh, obviously, Connor McDavid is playing on a, on a on another world here. I mean, you know, it looks like he's going to, you know, surpass 100 and you know 150 points. It certainly looks like he's, he's gaining on that. But um, it is absolutely wide open. Uh, you know, I do games locally in Seattle, and the Kraken have had themselves a hell of a season. This yeah, year and, and you know, they they they're playing as well as any team numbers wise and analytically, but also the eye test five on five as any team in the National Hockey League. So they're, they're right in the mix. I mean, they're on top of the division. Their L.A.'s had a hell of a season, so you're right. You know, and, and what's going on with Calgary? I mean, they can't seem to kind of just kind of get their game going and finding that consistency. Everybody thinks they're going to get it, but they've played, you know, 50-plus games and, you know, they haven't found it just yet. They could be a really dangerous team. Like, is it, like Calgary does have the ability to play playoff hockey, but the question is, is can they be able to be a team that ends up getting into the you know the division lead or end up being a wild card team? So you're right, the uh, the Pacific is absolutely up for grabs.
0: Yeah, the way I look at it is this. Uh, I mean, I think it probably has to be either the Kraken or the Oilers because, as you said, we're so far into the season now. A lot of people have expected the Flames to bounce back and get on track, and they really haven't this deep in. And if it's, so I don't trust the Knights at all. No, like I, I, think there's a better chance of them missing the playoffs and winning the
6: division. Yeah. Tough and then schedule. It,
0: then it comes yeah. down to like the Kings, and I just I don't think the Kings are good enough to overtake. I know they're playing great hockey, but they're not good enough to overtake the Kraken or the Oilers.
6: Yeah, and they, in the goaltending too is a, is a question mark. Uh, I think in in LA uh, at least for now. But again, they're they're finding ways to win. They're right up near the top of the division, or at the top of the division. You know, they blew a big game the other day. They had a four one lead, I believe it was on Carolina right before mm-hmm. the All Star break and. They ended up, Carolina ended up coming back and winning that, uh, you know, winning that game, uh, uh, you know, five to four, I believe, in overtime. So, you know, I I think with Vegas, I think the interesting thing, and unfortunately, you know, I mentioned the the injury to Mark Stone, their captain, like they do have the ability now, uh, Paulie and Mitch is to go ahead and, and be aggressive. And they've always been aggressive there in Vegas is that with the cap, the, you know, the salary cap space that they have now, could they go ahead and add somebody um, before the trade deadline to help them and solidify, you know, a spot and, and possibly winning the division. Mm-hmm. So that's something to keep an eye on too, even though they have a massive injury like that with Mark Stone is now, how do they allocate those funds? And so look, it, they've been up against the salary cap all season long, but now mm-hmm. it's big salary out. Um Maybe they mm-hmm. can add something here uh, to help them and and, and get that uh, find that consistency in their game moving forward.
3: It was a rough road trip. They lost three in a row, but the story so far has been Boston. Uh, what makes Boston so good, and could the Bruins challenge some records?
6: <laughs> it's been, I mean, it's been unbelievable. Uh, I've seen them play. Like, I, I would say this, Paulie, and the eye test. And again, I know what the numbers are. But the eye test for me is when I watch the Bruins, there hasn't been a team this year uh, that I've seen when you look at it and go, wow, like like this team doesn't have very many holes. Like, who who saw Linus Allmark here right. going, you know, as well as he has in the numbers and goal? And you got a heck of a, uh, you know, a tandem there with, with Jeremy Swayman as well. Um, you know, I, I don't know about records wise. Like, I, I don't mind the blip here. I don't mind having some adversity in, in, in you know, and, and losing a few games here. And, and I think it takes everybody off the high horse there for a while, but it, look at this is a very good team. I don't think that I think they're going to make a move for sure to just, you know, get some depth on the back end. Probably uh, you can always use some, you know, a little bit more, uh, you know, you can never have enough goal scoring to be able to plug and play at any particular time. Cause look at the door is open here for Boston because in that division, it's Boston and everybody else because we already know what the, the matchup is in that division. It's going to be Toronto and Tampa again. Again. Um, you can book your tickets and your flights right now, get a good deal on it, and, uh, <laughs> and move forward. But not many blemishes for the Boston Bruins, and, and obviously the numbers uh, bear that out.
3: TNT lead analyst, NBC horse racing handicapper, the great Eddie Olchek, our guest Fall the money, Visa the Sports Betting Network. Real or Fugazi, the Winnipeg Jets.
6: <laughs> I well, look at I spent almost six years of my life in the peg, so I got to stay real. <laughs> I I think that the job that Rick Rick Bonus has done, uh, they have got one of the top goaltenders in the league in Connor Hellebuck. There seems to be a great confidence there. I know they've kind of you know they've had a little bit of a rough spot here, but every team is going to have it. Uh, you know, I, I think they they would be a team that I would look at and go playoff hockey, Mitch and Paulie. I yeah. think they're built for, for playoff hockey as well, so uh, it's uh, it's fun to see. Considering the struggles that they've had here the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and taking away the cap and see from Blake Wheeler, uh, new coaching staff, the whole nine yards. But uh, I think they're I think they're a legit team now. The only thing that I would question with Winnipeg is is that you know do they have do they have enough offense? Like that would be the question: is that do they have enough offense? To be able to put them over the hump when it comes uh, when it comes playoff hockey, and uh, we'll see if they uh, end up doing anything at the trade deadline. Look, you got a lot of teams like you got a lot of teams in kind of the same area code here. So, what team is going to beat somebody to the punch? Which team is going to punt early? Which team is going to go ahead and receive? We already had that trade with Vancouver and the Islanders, but you got some teams that can give themselves a real legitimate chance here to make a, a strong playoff run and just give yourself a chance. Like it's not like the NBA. Home field or home court or home ice isn't as important uh, in the National Hockey League as it might be in other sports.
0: Eddie, you're the best. Thanks for the time as always. Good catching up and uh, good luck betting the Super Bowl as well.
6: All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. So there you go.
0: He he likes that prop. Eagles to win. Both teams scored uh, more than 20 points. Plus 230. If you like the Chiefs, it's plus 250. Visan.com slash picks. All right. There you go. For all the picks that are made here on the network by all the guests. Okay. Vegas
3: was plus 375 to miss the playoffs. And then the stone
0: uh, injury yep. happened. Yep.
3: So with the schedule and fooling but, people early on.
0: yeah, he, He's not the only person suggesting the Isles could flip Horvath now. All you have to do is do yeah. a quick Google search and that pops up all over the place. Like, could they flip him here before the deadline again? How about Toronto? A tortured fan base. I, I know it. They're going to get Tampa again. I know it. Uh, We'll recap last night's betting action with win some, lose some coming up next.
3: This is Follow the Money on VSENG. Super Sunday coming up. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, the place to be. win up to 10000 in bonus money by playing their Bet Rivers Squares. Place $10 or more on qualifying bets. You get a square on the house. Restrictions on qualifying wagers and credit use. Full terms and conditions available. Great house specials. Full menu always up at Bet Rivers. BetRiversSquares.com. We'll
0: talk some NBA here. Uh, Tom Haberstrow joins the program. Great basketball mind. Meadowlark Media. Also the basketball Illuminati. Uh, podcast. Tom, thanks for the time today. We appreciate that. We've uh, been talking NBA throughout the show today and the deadline is coming up next Thursday. Great win by the Lakers last night. Of course, this has been talked about now for months. Are they going to make a trade? If you had a bet on it before the deadline, do you think the Lakers make a trade? And then what do you think would be most realistic and also the best move that would maybe put them over the top?
4: Yeah, I do think they're going to make a trade. I think given LeBron James's impatience with the roster right now and trying to win games and having the frustrations pour out of every pore of his body after that uh, no call at the end of that Celtics game on yeah. Saturday, you can sense the frustration, not just with the officials over the last few games, but also just He's doing everything he can to win games, and it hasn't really mattered in the, in the uh, aggregate when they're sitting at 25 and 28 in the standings, 12th in the Western Conference. And they have a huge contract and Russell Westbrook coming off the bench. And I think you can put him in a trade to say the Chicago Bulls um, or the Charlotte Hornets and try to get help back for two teams that are really squandering this year. The Bulls are right now in the play-in at 24 and 27. But watch out for Zach Levine and or DeMar DeRozan, two guys who haven't gotten on the right page um, over the last couple years. And I do think if the Chicago Bulls decide to pull the plug on the season, the Lakers will be calling with those two first-round picks in 2027 and 2029 and also the Charlotte Hornets with Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier, two really good wing players. Uh, Gordon Hayward's a great defender. He can do a lot of things for them, and Terry Rozier's an underrated three-point shooter, and they need that in abundance.
3: What happens with Phoenix? Do they trade people, or do they acquire people here now with the new owner angle and and the fact that they're disappointing uh, only a game over 500?
4: Yeah, it all depends on this Devin Booker situation. He's coming back from his injury this week, and it seems like you know, just in time for the for the trade deadline to see what they have. Look, this is a very disappointing season with a Chris Paul who's getting up there in age who wants to win a championship. It doesn't seem like that window is open there in Phoenix. And also, you know, you mentioned the new ownership is definitely something that other teams are looking at and saying, do you want to... You know, when, like when you buy a new house, mm-hmm. you don't want to keep the same formation in the house, the same furniture, the same, uh, you know, decor. You want to make it your own. So is the owner, Matt Ishbia, going to come in here and say, I want to clean house? I don't know if he's going to, you know, blow it up. I think Devin Booker's safe there. But DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, right. I think other teams want those pieces at the deadline. And I do think Phoenix is one of the most intriguing teams at the deadline, including the Toronto Raptors, where I do think they're going to have a
3: fire sale. OG Van Vliet and more?
4: Yeah, I think OG Ananobi uh, is what every player or every team wants, the kind of player play both ends of the floor. He's an expiring contract after next season, which is why the Toronto Raptors might decide to part ways in case he wants to leave. Better get something now. Uh, rather than let him walk for nothing at the end of next season. So OG Ananobi, watch out for the Memphis Grizzlies. This is a young team Mm -hmm. that needs a top-shelf wing defender, two-way player who can get buckets. OG Ananobi fits the timeline and the need of what they desire at the trade deadline. Watch for Zach the the GM over there, Memphis Grizzlies. He has the 2024 Golden State Warriors first-round pick in addition to all their first round picks that they can send over to Toronto in case they want to rebuild. I think OG Ananobi to the Memphis Grizzlies is the deal of the deadline, and I think it will happen. Do you think that's going to happen? Okay, because I said this earlier,
0: that's the proposed deal here, Tom, that I love more than any other deal that's on the table for the Grizzlies. I mean, that starting five, if you put OG in there with Jackson and Brooks and Morant and Bate, I mean, my, that's one of the best starting fives in the entire league. I want to bet them to win the Western Conference. What
4: say you? Would that be a good play on my part? I don't hate it. Um, Especially if they get OG. That's feeling such a big weakness for them is just getting some depth on the wing and a guy who does um, have the kind of moxie you need in the playoffs. I think you need some of these guys who are willing to do everything on the floor, guard one through five. That's OG on Ananobi. Um, And when you're looking at the standings right now, the Memphis Grizzlies are right there in the second seed, but um, they do need a little bit more To vault into that title contention category in my opinion I think the Golden State Warriors are probably the best value because of their their reigning champion and if those guys are healthy I was I was saying they're the big sleeper this time last year and I still believe that people are sleeping on the Golden State Warriors Um, they are going to be a tough out for the Memphis Grizzlies if the Grizzlies do in fact get in OG Ananobi but you know what? This team plays so well on both ends of the floor. They get another wing defender and another wing score in OGN. And They're going to be tough to beat in the
3: West. Who do you think going to win the MVP? Will Joker get the three-peat, or was it in the back of voters' minds how the dominant performance Embiid had against Joker if Embiid can grab it?
4: Yeah, I just think there's so much time between now and the votes are being cast that that will be a distant memory. There's so many okay. games in the NBA that even though that was such a dominant performance, I just think that time will will pass and there will be an, an unbelievable Jokic performance maybe against a, an, a Joel Embiid type player that will, you know, stick in the minds of voters. I think there is a concern if you're betting of the voter fatigue here because he yeah. is not a household name. He is not someone who you would put on the top of the list of all-time greats. The last player to have three straight MVPs is Larry Bird. Is Nikola Jokic in the mind of the voters going to be on par with Larry Bird and give him that recognition and award him with that kind of accolade? I don't know. I think that's in the back of voters' mind and maybe a Luka Doncic or, um, or Giannis. You know, he had an amazing performance last night. I think those other candidates might just jump Nikola Jokic just because of the voter fatigue, not because of a, a Joel and B performance. I just think that that three in a row is tough to get over in the minds of people who say, like, I want to tell the story of the NBA season. Is Jokic that story? Might be if they win the Western Conference.
5: Yeah, and
0: I'm looking at the betting odds right now. Tom Haberstroh is our guest, Metalark Media, the Basketball Illuminati podcast. It's really nuts to me when you look at DraftKings right now, Tom. Luka's year—what is he like? Thirty-three, nine and nine. He's now dropped to seven to one. Yeah. And like you said, Giannis last night had fifty-four and nineteen. He's at yeah. eight to one. I saw him recently, like around ten to one. It's like—and I get it. There's a lot of basketball left, like you said. But right now, the odds are like, yeah, those two guys can't win the award because because uh, Joker's been so good. He's minus one thirty. It, it tells you how much talent overall there is in this league right now.
4: Yeah. And I think what is working in Jokic's favor is that Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. have come back, but they haven't been all stars. They haven't been the stars or lived up to the salaries that they're getting paid. And it's almost like even though they came back, you would think the narrative would say, yeah, he got more help this year and we're going to give him a third MVP, but they haven't been great. And I think he's been carrying the team. The on-court, off-court splits have been outrageous when he's on the floor. They are a title favorite team when they come when he comes off the floor. They are a basement dwelling team. And so even mm. with Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray back in the fold, this is a team that is all about uh, the Joker 36 and 16 at the top of the Western Conference. The thing about Luka, man, he has a similar argument. Look at this supporting cast. Yeah, This is a team that's fourth in the Western Conference yeah. and could easily get into third and possibly second. And it's going to be a two horse race there for Jokic and uh, Luka Doncic for that number one seed. If they make a push at the deadline, watch out for Jokic and Luka Doncic trying to be a battle it out for that MVP race.
3: You love this sport. We do as well. How would you handle load management if you're the league, and would you try to shorten the regular season? How, how would you do this to help the fans and, and make sure this doesn't keep happening?
4: I would, I would do a couple things. It's a great question. Um, I've been covering the space for, for about a decade, load management, and I think the NBA should... Follow Steve Kerr's advice and look to going yeah. back and shortening the season. Um, I'm a big fan of 58 games. Now I know that seems a little radical, but you play two get two two times every team home and away. And here's what I think is the most important thing: have appointment viewing every week. You know when the NBA is on. It's not. I need to go see what I live in Charlotte. I don't need to okay. see. You know, is it Tuesday night that the Charlotte Hornets are playing or Thursday night? I think the NBA should really benefit by cutting down the schedule. And having a reliable schedule on a weekly basis, just like the NFL and just like college football, you know, Saturdays and Sundays, I got to get ready for football. I think the NBA could benefit from not only just getting rid of back-to-backs and the load management and getting eliminating that risk, but I also think having appointment viewing a daily schedule would really help eyeballs watch the TV. I'll
0: tell you what, that is some serious outside-the-box thinking, and my gut reaction is, Tom, I absolutely love the idea. I think it's
4: great. Well, I don't know if I don't know if the owners are gonna go for that. I mean when they think when they go from eighty-two to fifty-eight, all they think about is money and they've lost revenue from the volume of games. But I think in the long run, it'll help injuries long term if they're not ragged on these back to backs. And I think secondly, when you're talking about um, scarcity, the NFL is is such a big behemoth because of the scarcity. There are only 17 games and the same thing with college football. And I do think the NBA would benefit from lowering the number of games so every game matters more.
0: Agreed. You're awesome, man. Thank you so much for the time today. We appreciate that. You got it, guys. Anytime. Thanks, Tom. Make sure you download and subscribe to the Basketball Illuminati podcast. Our in-pocket plays next.